Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Heart of Sports. I'm Jason Springer here with Jeff Cohen, back with you on 610 AM ESPN Radio, ready to help you move into the weekend talking about all the news in the world of sports. If you want to join in on the conversation, you can join us at 888-728-9941. Jeff, let's get this started. We'll have Dave Spadaro joining us here in studio from the Eagles in a little bit to talk about our 6-1 birds. Not quite yours, but you're going to own them for a little bit because you're not claiming your Giants these days, are you? No. So you're just going to hop on the Eagles bandwagon? I'll tr- I'll hop on the bandwagon, but I got other reasons for it. Okay, we'll talk yeah. about that later. How you doing? Uh, what's going on right now? I'm doing better than the Flyers. That man, did you stay up to watch that robbery? I did. Now, first of all, they they shouldn't have even been back in the game because of how poorly they played right. at times. But Their they start were was terrible. But they they were. might have won that game that- if it weren't for the refs. And I am not a ref blamer. N- neither of us are. Okay, yeah. so it wasn't just hockey that was on your mind this week. That you're excited about the sports. We'll get into hockey in a second. World Series is great, great. If you stay up after midnight. <laughs> well, not for the first game. The first game actually ended early. The problem is you can't really complain about this one as much because you got a team from L.A. and a team from Houston. There's no East Coast team in it. The late-inning heroics of Game 2 were some of the most exciting baseball I've seen in a really, really, really long time. It was. It was some pretty cool stats about it. It turned know, into but, home yeah. run derby. Mm-hmm. It was fantastic. Are you enjoying the Phillies' search for a manager? No, I want it to be over. You, you know who I, you I really want. Did. I mean, I've made it clear who I, I mean. I've watched him at every level in the minor leagues. I think Dusty Wathen is the right choice. I think this Girardi firing may have you now. Everybody's screaming, "Get Girardi!" I don't know if he's the right manager for this team. I and don't know. They're not getting Joe Girardi. Let's be real. Where is he going? Washington? I don't think he's going to coach anywhere this year. I think he's going to take a year off and go back to the booth. I don't know. I think he's going to take a break. I don't think he was very happy all season long in New York this year. It's kind of a, a trudge ha, form. Why would he not be happy in New York this year? He had a team that they was overachieved. Uh, exactly. They overachieved with young players, no doubt. One but game from the World Series with a like young team. It seemed like there were challenges within that organization that yeah, we well, didn't see on the outside. Well, it's still run by somebody with the last name Steinbrenner, it so is, it's always going to be a problem. And they decided to make a decision to move on. I don't think he's coming to Philly. I think you're going to end up getting your wish that Dusty Walton will be the manager. It seems to be... That that's the direction the team's going in, which I'm okay with. I'm actually more concerned about who the pitching coach is. Well, <laughs> it looks like all the coaches are gone. I mean, yeah, Matt Stairs is in San Diego now. That's what they just. That's the rumor. I mean, that's just what was announced. It's very and, upsetting to you. Uh, I, I, look, I liked him as an announcer, but I, I think that he's one of the smartest guys in baseball when it comes to hitting. I think that people misunderstood him because of the way he hit when he was here. He was a swing and it was either a home run or it was an out but that was kind of his role when he was here but he understands hitting and i thought that the players improved over the course of the season which was compared to past years yeah we haven't heard anything about i mean larry bow is obviously moving upstairs with the organization haven't heard anything about mickey moore and dean i hope they keep him maybe 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 he'll be the bench for the new coach to make some decisions but you know if it's dusty walton it, it seems like you're going to a more dominant gm type system uh, like you're seeing around baseball as opposed to the manager with all of the Well, I think, that, I think that's what, if you were getting Girardi, you're going to get a guy who's going to be more outspoken, who's going to be more in control. If you get a, a guy who's never been a manager before, like Dusty Wathen or even Gabe Kapler, who's a couple years younger, I think, than Wathen, I think they're one's 44, one's 42, you're getting a guy who's more going to follow what the front office tells them. And, and it used to be that you didn't want that. The question is, is now, is that is that the way that, teams are going. Is it seems to be the direction that baseball's moving in yeah. with the younger coach 
who you know is more a part of the system as opposed to the front of the system. Well, that's the, been the discussion in New York is that there was no point in paying Girardi the astronomical amount of money that he was getting because it's now gone to analytics. So you don't really need a manager. Because they have money problems. No. <laughs> <laughs> Right, I, I'm a little concerned about all these analytics because because watching that game that game two of the World Series was ridiculous. You're just concerned with all the numbers that you're getting confused at and stuff. No. Up, so. Oh, speaking of comedy, by the I way, Brett, our our board op Brett back there. Uh, when we last left our listeners, you were preparing for a comedy show. Did you escape off stage without getting things thrown at you? I did very good. No tomatoes. No tomatoes. Not even from your mom. Not did, even from my mom. Did wow. we make Did we make your show? Uh, I mean, like talked about. Yeah, of course not. You know, oh, you didn't even like change the name, say that like I had green hair or something like that, and talk about me. I should have. You should have. I expect the next time you go on stage that you're talking about us. We'll do for like a, a good ten minutes. Ten minutes. You, you know what? We will go, and you can ha- sit in the front row, and you can heckle us. Oh my gosh, heckle <laughs> you guys! You guys heckle me. Oh, that's right. You know, we'll heckle him. It's more fun that yeah, way. Exactly. Well, isn't that what we do when we do the show? We right. just call him up on the radio and heckle him from behind. Yeah, the like <laughs> like here's one. Hey, Brett, where's your Chiefs jacket? Right here, right behind yeah, me. Good How Joe. about those Chiefs? Yeah, yeah. And, and who's your quarterback in fantasy? Uh, Aaron Rodgers. Oh. How's he doing? Not anymore. Tom. I mean, Philip Rivers now. Aaron Rodgers struggling for you. Not not doing it on the bench. Nah. He'll be better soon. He's got a bunch of screws inserted in his shoulder, so he's on the recovery. <laughs> all right, so, Jeff, let's get to the Flyers. We talked yeah. about it for a second. Robbed. So, they all were right, robbed. I need you to explain this to me. We, there is an NHL rule. A- explain this to me, Jeff. Rules. All right, so they could not This is not re- officially a legal segment, but <laughs> just because the word rule it is it, we're going to go with the sound. They could not use replay because the ref informed the situation room that he was in the process of blowing his whistle to stop the play when he lost track of the puck. Well, Are you kidding me? Can we start with one thing? <laughs> the fact that they call, the NHL calls it the situation room? What is Wolf Blitzer over there? I, I, come it, on. He was thinking about blowing his whistle? Well, that that's what he said. That was the official explanation, which is scary. So the so rule 78.5. I can't believe you looked this up. Uh, sorry. Um, did you look this up or did your son find this for us? No, I looked this up. Okay, you own. did this all yes. on your own. Okay, good. This, this had a rule in it, so I actually had to look it up. My son doesn't follow rules. All right, so, so explain <laughs> to me what happened here because this makes absolutely no sense to me. The puck was over the net, in the glove. It should have been a goal. Goals shall be disallowed, quote, when the referee deems the play has been stopped, even if he has not physically had the opportunity to stop play by blowing his whistle, end quote. So what happened here is that the ref was thinking about blowing his whistle. The puck crosses the line, is clearly a goal. And then the ref blows his whistle. What is this, a psychic hotline? You have to predict what the ref's yeah. going so, so to do. So the, the ref blew his whistle Incorrectly in the first place because he couldn't see anything, supposedly, even though the puck clearly crosses the line. Then they go to replay. So at that point, the ref could have said, you know what? I I wasn't sure. I didn't blow the whistle. Let them make a call. But instead, he calls up to the situation room and tells them, I already was thinking about blowing the whistle. So they could not review it. Clearly a goal. He didn't blow the whistle because last time I checked, every sport that I ever played as a kid and every sport that my kid play, you tell them. Play through the whistle. Correct. Play. Not <laughs> not, not play until the play ref until is the thinking ref about it. about blowing right. the whistle. That's a new standard uh-huh. to teach. Seriously. So, so you can't even be looking at the puck. you got to look at the ref to see what his facial expressions are. How did they justify this rule with a straight face? Honestly. I don't know. 
I, I don't know. You got to ask the people in the situation. It's room. a new standard. The yes. ref thought theory. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, he thought about blowing his whistle. Therefore, it must be dead. They were robbed. And that was just one of two goals. And that by they the way, they didn't deserve to be back in the game but because they, they started so poorly. But and I've got were. serious concerns about their goaltending. Because Elliott yeah, has I not played just. well. Neuverth has played well, but he did not play well at the start of last night. Mm -hmm. And they need their goaltending to be strong to hold up what they have going on their players. They have McDonald now out well, four to six I, weeks. I think I remember during the summer when they signed Brian when Elliott and I question. screamed about that and Look, said, no, 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 no. You're going on 20 years, 30 years without <sighs> a solid goalie. I know. We saw, we, we actually saw the, the one of the last goalies who was any good yeah, a couple it, days ago in Bernie Perrant. It's, it's disturbing yes. because you watch it and you get frustrated. So we can get mad at the... The refs. In the last 40 years, you have Bernie Perrant, you have Pelly Lindbergh, and you have Ron, Ron Hextall. Hextall. And who else? That's it. Yeah. I mean, players who were had careers in other places, mm -hmm. John Van Beesbrook, and right. like, they made their name someplace else and then came here, or players that we then sent away, like Bobrovsky. And Elliot wouldn't be here if Stolarz wasn't hurt. No. Yeah. So mm -hmm. now, now you got to harp. I don't know when Stolarz is supposed to be back. I don't know how Carter Hart's doing. I've been focusing on Sam Marin and trying to figure out why he's not back here, because you got a six seven beast down there, and he's apparently killing it. On the bright side, yeah, um, the offense—they are good. Ha they are. They have yeah, the speed. Flyers are doing well. They have balance in terms of their lines. Couturier playing center on that line. He had two goals again the other night. That Voracek finally scored a goal. He did finally score a goal, yeah. but he's got a lot of assists. Ten. It's not that he's yeah. not in the game like in pastures. Like mm -hmm. it used to be that if Voracek wasn't scoring, he wasn't really a presence. Right. Now it's you know he may not be getting the goals, but he's making an impact and he's he's moving the puck around. Mm -hmm. Giroux's playing well in his spot on the wing. Simmons' so line is doing well. So that's big. The good young guys too. are doing well. So the defense was doing well until McDonald. Here's what I don't understand about the defense: the defensive lines were really impressive for the first couple weeks of the season. Unfortunately, and I know there are people out there that are saying that were cheering it, which I, I find disgusting that people were cheering that McDonald got hurt. Um, but McDonald was on a line that was doing really well. What they did was, instead of bringing the next man up, which ended up being Brandon Manning, and putting him on that line where M uh, McDonald was, they moved all the lines around. In the At the end, maybe that will work out, but in the short term, it ended up messing with all the lines. So that I think that's part of the problem, and since you don't have super strong goaltending, you need good defense. We'll talk and, about that more in our next segment with the Eagles offensive yeah. line with the, the changes that are being made. Um, before we move off the NHL to the World Series a little bit, your son had a note about the Vegas Golden Knights who actually have uh, former flyer Pierre Edward Belmar playing Ooh. on their team. Well, that's not the reason for the statistic. Clearly, they're doing well because of that. Yeah, the Vegas Golden Knights are off to the best start ever for an expansion team. They're, what, 7-1 and one now, yeah. I think? They, mm -hmm. they have played good hockey. They've well, that's because they, they have a Stanley Cup winning goalie. Well, who's out with a concussion right, right now. But they it's funny. They look to the long term, and people criticize them for yeah. stockpiling draft picks. Mm -hmm. And here they have a bunch of players. They, well, they who, have James Neal, too. They have a they, uh, He's kind of a cheap shot artist, but he's also a leader. But they, they've played very well to start the season, and mm -hmm. it's something to watch to see if they can keep it going going forward. All right, World Series. Yeah. So it was. This is, this is a great, at least, first two games. It was 103 degrees the other night. The best part was they it had, didn't the, bother temper Kershaw, they did had it? the temperature at the top of the Dodger scoreboard that mm -hmm. only has room for two, two digits. digits. So it said 10. 
<laughs> I enjoyed seeing that. But Kershaw comes out in a long sleeve jacket, yep. walking out to the bullpen. And it he is the same routine that he does all the time. He was dealing. What was that? Mm-hmm. Two minute twenty eight second or two hour twenty eight minute game? Yeah, that one of the fastest games in Major League World Series history. And and he pitched great. So for anybody who's criticized him as not being a big game pitcher and not being a playoff oh, he, pitcher, he was dominant. Uh, first game of the World Series to perform like that. I don't know what you could do more than that. And your but son, the second game was nuts. It was. I, yeah. I loved the start with Vin Scully. Yeah. Uh, throwing out the first pitch, but not actually throwing out the first pitch. Calling out catcher, calling out Fernando Valenzuela. He basically did his own stand-up comedy routine, walking out to the mound on the field. Mm-hmm. I wish they had some way that Vin Scully was calling these games. Uh, because you, the the audience misses out with yeah. with Scully's voice not calling the Dodgers in the World Series, but to have him on the field with Fernando Valenzuela and with catcher. And did Fernando actually look when he threw the pitch, or did he look up in the at that bill of his cap? Oh, he he was just happy to be out there. Yeah. I mean, they were. It was a great. You know, I scene. I, I missed the Fernando part. How much does Fernando weigh now? He was actually looking surprisingly better than I thought Be- he better would. Better than he did when I he mean, played? Look, I don't talk about anybody's weight. Yeah. That's why I but he wasn't a exactly he wasn't exactly a physical specimen when he pitched. No, not yeah. quite to start. But so about five hours later yeah. after, after that, uh, at, after midnight, yeah. about eight home runs were hit. It became home run derby in in innings 9, 10, and 11. It's one of the craziest games I've ever seen, let alone in the World Series. I kind of liked it because the guy's name was Springer hitting home runs. So I thought that was kind of cool. Well, you know, it's funny. One, one, of, one of the guys in my office was complaining from the night before that Springer, who had an awful game in game one, should be benched. My, my only point when, in response to that was Springer needs to be in there for defense. I didn't really expect him to pick it up for offense, but now it turns out he's a hero. To watch their young players, and look, I mean, Sports Illustrated 2014 had it on their cover, the 2017 champions of the World Series, the Houston Astros, because the the way that they were it's building the team. total opposite of the Sports Illustrated jinx. With, with Altuve and yeah. Correa and building up with those young players, they they really have done it the, the way that you want to see a team built. Yep. And and now they have these young players coming. I mean, to watch Altuve, he's. I mean, he gives me inspiration at five six. It's like, hey, I could do that. Not really. By the way, is is it? I know this is going to kill people to hear it, but uh, does Ed Wade deserve credit again? People in Philadelphia have a really hard time giving Ed Wade credit. Uh, he for did anything. a good job putting together the pieces that won the World Series, and then he rebuilt and, and started what ended up being what it is now. So you know, people want to criticize Ed Wade, but. He's put together the foundation of two very good franchises. He certainly did. Hey, before we uh, head to break, uh, we got Dave Spadaro here joining us in studio when we come back. Your son had another good stat. He's going to become our statistician, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, he's going to make us all sound smarter. I mean, I keep so, asking if I can host the show with him. You won't let me because I, you're worried no, he's, that he'll be He won't than talk. Me. It'll just be you talking. You're worried that he'll be better than you is what it is. <laughs> I understand. Here's, but, a couple, here's a couple of good stats for you. The Dodgers' first loss after leading in the eighth inning this year. They were 98-0 and before this. The Astros are the first team ever to hit home runs in the ninth, 10th, and 11th inning of a postseason game. It's the, eight, the eight home runs is the most home runs in a World Series game. And get this one. The Astros went 20,287 days to win their first World Series game. That's a long time. Yeah, cause, and I guarantee you people are sitting there going, wait a second, the, world, the, the Houston Astros were in the World Series with... 
three pitchers. I didn't realize that with that Oswald team, um, Oswald, Clemens, and Pettit, and they didn't win one game in that not series. one. They were swept out. Yeah, by the Chicago White Sox. That's amazing. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. All right, let's head to break. This is the heart of sports on six ten a.m. Sports. When we come back, we'll have Dave Spadaro here to talk with us about our six and one Philadelphia Eagles. Stick with us. Are you looking for a lifeline? Verizon New Jersey Shares Communication Lifeline is a statewide nonprofit that provides assistance to individuals and families living in New Jersey, those who are in need of temporary help in paying their communication and energy bills. Want to know how to apply? All you need to do is call Verizon New Jersey Shares at 1-888-337-3339 or visit on the web at www.NewJerseyShares.org. It's quick and easy to sign up, but remember, you must be a Verizon Residential Landline customer to apply for eligible programs. That's Verizon New Jersey Shares, keeping the lines of communication open for you and your family. Let me tell you, buying or selling a home is a life-changing decision. Whether you're looking for your first home or searching for your forever home, Ann Coons is the realtor you need. In fact, she helped my wife and I settle into our forever home. With over 30 years helping satisfied clients buy and sell homes in the Delaware Valley, Ann Coons will give you the professional and reliable service you deserve. When it's time to buy or sell a home in South Jersey or Philadelphia, contact Ann Coons, the only name you need to know in real estate. You can call Ann Coons today at 856-795-4709. Again, that's 856-795-4709. Or learn more on the web at www.annkoonsrealestate.com. This is the Heart of Sports on 610 AM Sports. I'm Jason Springer here in studio with Jeff Cohen, and we are thrilled to be joined in studio this week by Eagles insider Dave Spadaro coming back from the stadium area. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's it, You know, Monday Night Football, I don't know if you guys enjoy Monday Night Football. I love it. Yeah, I just I, don't like I, Thursday. You I hate, hate it. it. I was going to say, you must hate it. Because, like, it's a really late night, and I love all the prestige and the all the attention. It's wonderful. Get to bed at three o'clock that morning, and you just never catch up. And you're behind the whole week, all week. And okay. but like, I, I'm believe me. I anybody who's think, oh, Spadero, what a wuss, he's complaining. <laughs> I get that. I get, I'm just, I'm just like saying, I just want to like sleep. Right I, now. I yeah, understand. Yeah. I, I couldn't sleep after. Hey, the game. Brett, I, do we have like great. an air mattress yeah, exactly, right in here? Exactly. We, yeah, we, we can make sure that Dave could take a little nap. No, <laughs> I'll, I'll got just, one in my car. I'll just, yeah, I'll just do that when I drive. Um, no, nah, it's cool. I, it, the, I've we've all Eagles fans. We've all been waiting for a really long time for this kind of season. I mean, the team hasn't won a playoff game since two thousand eight. No team, no in Philly has, has yeah, been in the playoffs. No play. Five. I mean, the Philly fans deserve it so much, and it is really fun. And the stadium was rocking on Monday night, and it's all good. So. I'm not really complaining. I'm just venting for a moment. It, it looked. I figured abs- that you guys could appreciate that. Uh, we understand. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah. we totally yeah. understand. It looked absolutely electric down there. Though. It was awesome. And, it and was I awesome. Mean, you love to see that. The, the fans this season, in terms of following the team around, and I, the players really seem to be taking notice of the fans more than normal. Not that they haven't oh, in the yeah. past. But oh, yeah. They're playing to the fans. They, they, they feel the love. But here's the question I have for you guys. You're the heart of sports, right? So do you think the fans are more stoked about the idea that the Eagles could be a Super Bowl team or that they've got a superstar franchise quarterback that everybody loves. Both. But I can't think be, can't be both. But I think they're also either or. I think they're also afraid. If you listen though. to Jason talk, Jason never takes a position. That's not true at all. <laughs> I think so here's the thing. I think that Eagles fans are afraid to say Super Bowl. 
because we don't want to get our hopes dashed again. So that's, not, that's very unlike Eagles fans because it goes from one extreme to the other. It does, and right. I don't think that we've swung back to the pendulum of truly accepting what's happened. Because going into the season, who would have thought that we'd be 6-1 and one heading into a week against yeah. a team that has, even though the, the, the Niners have played well yeah, They got crushed time, last week, though. They have not, you know, right. their record doesn't show it. And so you have the opportunity to be 7-1. and one. You have the opportunity to really have space between yourself. Nobody would have predicted that. Before the season, halfway so, through the season, they could have one loss. Everybody's so, looking at. Are it you going to answer the question? Is it Super Bowl or quarterback or both? Uh, for me, it's quarterback because Me too. because a good quarterback means multiple Super Bowls. Yeah, a Super Bowl can be a one-time thing, and then all, you're done. All, that was always all, the, although that's what people said about Donovan McNabb. Well, that was always the question. Yeah, that, but there was always a little. There was hope, but, but there was a faction that did not like Donovan McNabb. Yes. There doesn't seem to be that. Faction I don't think anybody Wentz. could look at Carson Wentz and say, "Boy, there's I don't like this about his game," because he's pretty. Well, and the nice thing and is... And he's got he's, a great personality and he's for got, and, and he's a charitable guy. The mm-hmm. human interest yeah. side of his story, I mean, look, this week with the, the story that they had on ESPN before yeah. the game with, with Dutch and the other things that he's done and the, his... He doesn't seem to, you know... He is the star quarterback, but he doesn't seem to treat himself as a star. Yeah. He's the quarterback, and he likes playing football, and he's he likes best. being a member of the team, and, and that's exciting. So for me, it's the quarterback because... They used to say, would you sacrifice going to the playoffs to win it this one, one time. year? Yeah. Yep. Well, here you have the chance, if you get that quarterback, to be there year after year. So for me, it's... Hey man, can top. you simulcast this in Cleveland and see what they think of this? Oh, there, I, actually, <laughs> I actually thought about that on Monday night. I'm, uh, you know, I knew it was a nationally televised game. and In a way, it was Carson's coming out party to the mm-hmm. nation. Got a little tease of it the previous Thursday against Carolina. But but for me, I, got, I we all expected... Him to be great this year because the the instant that we met him and saw him and evaluated, I mean, everybody knew he was going to be great. Like you just know you're around greatness when you were around Carson. And um, but for the country, I we're, I'm sitting there on on Sunday or whatever it was Monday night and going, wow, what are these Browns fans thinking? I, I felt I felt for them because they're great fans and they passed on not only Carson, they and passed Goff. on Dak Prescott and Goff. Well, Goff would have gone first because right. the Rams traded. So they passed on Deshaun Watson. Wentz and Prescott. I would be. And well, guess what? They'll have another chance next year. They and maybe the year after, and maybe the year after that. Well, and now they got Joe Thomas out, and yeah, so, I mean, really, but anyway, so so enough of them. They, but I don't feel sorry for the city of Cleveland. They've but, had the Cavaliers. They yes. have the Indians. Yes, they've had enough. Philadelphia we, has suffered long time, and now we're, we're all in in all of the sports. There certainly has been a turn of the tide. And there's a lot of hope and a lot of excitement and a lot of energy. I tell Jeff that a lot. I, I have an eight-month-old, and so the, the exciting thing to me is these are the players that I'm going to be able to watch him grow up cheering for yes. and wanting their names on the back of his yes. jersey. and a great and role model for everybody to raise their parents with a quarterback like Carson Wentz. Who goes about his daily business, who does his job, but at the same time has such skill. I mean, some of the passes that he dropped in there the other night, the pass to Corey Clement, I saw a great thing this week. Clement! Clement. Clement. I'll get it right eventually. Get the right accent on I'm the right syllable. I'm terrible with names. I can yeah. barely say my own Good. name, okay? Jason but, Shapiro? Yeah, I'm, I'm terrible. <laughs> I, can't, I can't get anything right. So, But I saw a video this week where they, they matched up his high school years, his time at, at uh, in college, and his time in the pros, basically throwing the same routes, just dropping the ball in there. And it's amazing to see this week the talk of how he's taken some of those plays that he used from prior State, and yeah. brought them to Doug and, and Doug as coaches incorporated them into the game plan and then you see it Gruden on Monday night was all over it he's like oh that's a play that they ran in college and yeah. they pulled the video up yeah it's it's an it's it's a um, I always wondered how players would go to the Patriots and they'd have the career years 
And I'm like, boy, that's great. Like, what a system they have in me. And then you realize, obviously, Bill Belichick is a great coach and they have a superlative system. But the quarterback raises the play of everyone around him. And what we're seeing now is Carson's play has made Doug a better coach, made Frank Reich a better offensive coordinator, made everybody, every player on the roster, everybody in the organization better at their jobs because he sets the standard. And when you say uh, he'll bring plays in and they'll talk about it, with that's something I'd never, ever, ever heard of, that a quarterback would come in and say, hey, how about these plays, these ones we ran from college? Because coaches think they know it all. But Doug's open-minded. He recogn- Everybody recognizes what Carson is, and so – it makes them all better. So, so is Carson actually suggesting these yes, plays? Yes. He now, comes in and now he has to show the he has to go through all the schematics of the play, and then they have to rep it in practice to see how quickly it can be assimilated into the game plan. And I don't think it, it's not happening on a large scale by any means. But that play to that, Corey that touchdown was one pass. of, the, and he was the third option, third read on the play. Mm-hmm. It went left to right. The other two options were closed. But yeah. He's listening and incorporating. Well, and I mean, it's working. I mean, that's a big deal for a second-year quarterback to have that kind of trust. And you wrote a story in Eagles Insider this week about the trust between Peterson and Reich and John D. Filippo, the quarterbacks yeah. coach. How how did they get that trust that quickly? When they, when they um, you know, Jeffrey, when they went last year before the draft, and they really spent a lot of time. This was like a let's go on a national. They had already traded up to number two, so they. Let's go on a national search for a quarterback. Actually, what happened before they got made the trade? At some point, they were going to. They, Sam Bradford was not going to be the quarterback of the future, and they really invested a lot of time into all of the quarterback prospects in the 2016 draft. And they spent a ton of time with Carson, and he blew them away at the at the chalkboard uh, in the meeting rooms, um, watching film, having dinner, his approach to the game, his approach to life, his maturity. So I think that the, the trust was built there. I mean, think about this. They trusted Carson Wentz so much that they turned over the starting job to him eight days before the regular season began, having played only one half of one preseason game. Yeah, because he was hurt. Yeah. Yeah. So they knew that they had something special. They also knew last year they didn't have enough around him. So one of the really strong priorities in the offseason was to get better wide receivers and make sure the offensive line was good and find a way to run the football more effectively. Well, and it seems like according to the receivers and, and Ertz and everybody that the trip to North Dakota was huge. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think that's just a, more of a bonding thing than yeah. it is a we're throwing great routes. Yeah, more more of them getting to know each you other. Know, I, the, the one thing I'm, I'm aiming to change is the way that we refer to North Dakota. We refer to North Carolina, North Dakota like it's some foreign land. No. It's like Allentown, okay? <laughs> I spent three years working yeah. in Iowa, so I don't yeah. find North Dakota to be a foreign yeah. land. So, so, <laughs> I totally they, understand but, it. But for some of these players who had never been to North Dakota, obviously, they, they're like, wow, let's go Let's go check out this crazy Alaska kind of world. Did they, and they bring their to, passports? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's like, hey, I've and never they, been. And they saw how Carson lives. And the, the thing about North Dakota State football is that it is the sports activity in North Dakota. So Carson had been through all of the – the hoopla, the hype, the media attention, the fan adoration. This stuff doesn't get to him at all. Nah, he, he seems like he's completely balanced and totally prepared. Now let's talk about 
Um, you know, it was a great night on Monday, but at the same mm-hmm. time, had a couple big injuries. Sure, huge. Um, you, you've got Jason Peters now gone for the season. You, you've got Hicks Jordan gone. Hicks. Jordan Hicks gone for the season. So let's talk about Peters first. The coaches seem to have made the decision they're not going to move Lane Johnson. They're going to keep him at right tackle and put Vitae at left tackle. Yep. Um, your thoughts on what that does to the line and what help they might need to give for Vitae this well, week? Well, one, one thing you have to consider is that in the upcoming weeks, they've got Denver with Von Miller, who will line up primarily over Lane Johnson. Right tackle. Killiel Mack on Christmas from Oakland will line up primarily over Lane Johnson. So you want to make sure that that is strong. The, the old days... The, the Lawrence Taylors lined up on the blind side. Nowadays, they flip-flop. Brandon Graham, for example, is on the strong side of the formation for the offense. So they wanted to make sure that that was good. And they really believe that Vitae can play left tackle. So why compromise two positions when you're only really taking the risk over on the left side? That said, it is a significant risk. Vitae is a second-year player. Um, he's not the athlete that Jason Peters is. Nobody, Nobody is. is. He's not the beast that Jason Peters is. Nobody, Nobody is. is. He's not the, the leader. He's not the the nasty. You are not going to touch my quarterback guy that Jason Peters is because nobody is exactly. So I'm there for you. Yeah, thanks, man. <laughs> so if they if they have to put a tight end over there, they will. If they have to chip with a running back, they will. But I think Vitae will be fine. I think he's good in run in pass protection. I think it's run blocking. He needs to finish his blocks better. And so look, if it's a monsoon on Sunday. The Eagles may turn and try to run the ball 75 times, and we'll see what kind of mutter he is. Which I'd be fine with, because I've enjoyed yeah. watching LeGarrette Blunt run over people. Yeah, I'd, I'd li- I, I don't like that kind of game. I, I, believe in, I believe in chunk plays. I believe if you, for example, Monday night the Eagles offense was terrible, 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 then they get the 64-yard touchdown play. It opens up everything. The chunk play comes. Easy score. That was a rough start to that. It was a terrible start. Hey, if you're going to start talking about chunk plays, Cam Newton may walk out. Yeah, exactly. No, exactly. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I, I, have a good, I have a little... So, like... They, so the Eagles at one point in the first in that first possession, they were first and 33 from their two-yard line. Yes. And then they did whatever on first down, incomplete or whatever, terrible run. And then on second down, Carson throws the interception. And all week I was thinking, oh, my God, this is how good Carson Wentz is. He's so brilliant that on second down he threw an interception 55 yards really down the field. really just a punt. Right. <laughs> because if he had done it on third down, they would have dropped it, right? Yep. So I asked Doug today, Doug Peterson, I said, hey, Doug, I just wanted to know, did, was that intentional? He goes, no, Torrey Smith broke off his route. And I was like, ah, darn it. <laughs> <You were just laughs> the legend of Carson does not, cannot include that chapter. You well, if you, if you write it, enough people will believe, we'll believe it. it. Yeah, yeah no, right. There's no, there's no accountability uh-huh. anymore. So Let's talk about the wide receivers for a sec. You said Torrey Smith broke off yeah. the route. He, uh, Nelson Aguilar has played yeah, much better terrific. than many people have thought uh, with Alshon and with Torrey. What's your thoughts on the wide receivers and the weapons that he has? Obviously, They're Ertz good. is having a yeah. season... You know, they, everybody's hoped season. for. They're good, not great, and it helps when you have a superstar quarterback. It's, it reminds me a lot of what happens when Aaron Rodgers puts together his group of receivers. They are good receivers made great by the quarterback and the offensive line giving him time. I think that Alshon Jeffrey, while the numbers aren't there, he commands the respect that the top cornerback on the other team is assigned largely to Alshon. That opens things up for everybody else. Zach Ertz has become a premier tight end uh, it's very similar in a way to 2000 and the, those early Andy Reid years the tight end was the focal point with competent receivers now this group I think is better because of the development of Aguilar because of Matt Collins making immediate contribution and because Alshon's a good player I think I think Torrey's a, a solid starting you know level receiver nothing special uh, none of them will go to the Pro Bowl except for Zach and that's okay it, the way they've structured the offense is Let's spread the field. 
Let's find the best matchup because there's no cornerbacks in this league, and Carson Wentz will make the throws. I love watching Carson before the snap. Just looking over the field, the the freedom that they give him to audible into a play that that is set more for what they want to do is really impressive for a second-year player. You don't see that. 4-0 student in college, uh, A-plus student in football IQ, and the Eagles let him go. It's wonderful to watch. We're seeing something really special here, and hopefully he'll stay healthy. Hopefully they'll continue to provide a good offensive line in front of him, a good running game, good receivers, because Carson has a chance to be an all-time, all-time, all-timer. When you talked about Monday night being a coming-out party, it seems like people after Monday night, the last two primetime games, really are The casual fan, attention. I would say so, yeah. Yeah, and I mean, the, obviously he's got the highest-selling jersey in the NFL right now, yeah. and people are really paying attention to what's going on. Yeah, yeah. well, l- let's get to the defense, though. Go ahead. Yeah. All right, so, so uh, now— Everyone's going, right, he was nervous, right? You're nervous about that defense. I am nervous. Well, I'm worried about the linebacker. I mean, you take a middle linebacker, he's basically the quarterback of the defense. Yes. So, so who, how are they going to change the linebacker? Mix court? and match, just going to have to see what Jim Schwartz comes up with. I think mm-hmm. Joe Walker and Najee Good will fill the role a little bit. I think Nigel Braddon will play the role a little bit of lining up the defense. I think they'll bring Malcolm Jenkins into the box— and have him be a pseudo linebacker. Does that weaken the secondary? In coverage? At all uh, by doing well, that? Corey Graham's playing pretty well, and they will get Ronald Darby back. Do you think he's going to be back this week? I no. saw he's questionable. No. For no, he won't play this week. How 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 much longer do you think it's going to be for him? I mean, what's the rush? That that's I mean, bring him back after the bye week. Played, for me. That, they've played better with the secondary challenges that they had than anybody could have thought. Everybody still giving up a lot of points. They they're not like shutting anybody down. No, but the but the thing that's good is the pressure that the defensive line's getting is kind of making up for a little bit of the weaknesses there in the secondary. Yeah, I I, I think that if the f- defensive front keeps kicking people's butts, everything falls into place after that. If you still if you dominated the line of scrimmage, the rest of your defense will benefit from that. And I think the Eagles are built for success up front. They're deep. They're talented. They've got a great scheme. They're playing with great energy. They love it. They love the idea that all you have to do is just just pin your ears back and go up the field. No thinking, just play ball. Watching Fletcher Cox <clears throat> bull rush up the field. And yeah, you know, getting the lap of got a lot of criticism last year, didn't he? It really, it really has helped that Tim Jernigan has been there. They they play off each other very well, very aggressive. You think the team's going to look to extend Jernigan because of how yes. well he's try to? I mean, there's his a lot personality, of guys his play yeah. is. There's is a lot of guys. No, you, so you have to weigh yes that, but then what happens when he gets a new contract? Will he still have that kind of energy? They don't have a second-round pick next year. They don't have a third-round pick next year. And they've got a bunch of guys on one-year contracts. So, and they do now have some cap room. Um, yeah, a lot of off-season decisions are going to have to be made. And by the way, in the, in the big picture here, and I'm talking years down the line here, Darby, Sidney Jones, Russell Douglas, Jalen Mills, that's a good foursome of young cornerbacks that you can build around in the secondary Fill in your linebackers because they're going to need to address that next year. Your safeties look pretty good for a couple of years here, as long as Malcolm Jenkins can still play at a high level. I think there's a lot of pieces in place for sustained success. We've talked a lot about Malcolm Jenkins and his involvement in the community. Can you just talk about some of the leaders on this team? It's fun to root for some of these players. because Yeah, I think it's a very likable team. I agree. I, I, like, I, I like that a player like Chris Long understands the platform that he's on and he's donated his entire salary this year think he's donated his entire salary playing for free to three yeah to three civic organizations in st louis philadelphia and charlottesville virginia uh i like the fact that you've got somebody like malcolm who 
is not only walking the walk for social justice, uh, or not only talking, he's walking it. He's he's spending time. It means, you know, they somehow were in Harrisburg this week. Amazing. After I mean, look, I'm complaining that I'm tired on yeah, Tuesday. Right. You're looking for he's in Harrisburg. He's trying out to, there lobbying trying for to change. change the world. <laughs> so that that's why you know he's a Superman. And I there's just all across the board there are players like that who. Every Tuesday, they're in the community. They care about their, their community. They have high character. They're playing for each other. It's a very – it's one of the most likable teams that I can ever remember in 30 years of covering the Eagles. How, even how? their celebrations are team-oriented. I love them. I said that to Jeff. You know, The you, backpack you, dance you, from Matt Collins. You, you yep. watch Zeke Elliott get in the end zone. I, yeah, the baseball Pushes yeah. everybody away so he can do his thing. Cam Newton pushes everybody away so he can yeah. do his thing. They get in the end zone, and they're doing team celebrations yeah. every time. It's just there's a different feeling about these this team separate from the they're winning. They're having fun. They're, you can see how much fun they're having. And the and fans are having to, fun goes back, watching yeah, it. It goes back to what we were saying before. By the way, Matt Collins, the backpack dance – I wasn't sure if that was the. Uh, um, I thought it was a Pee Wee Herman. Dance. I thought it was Pee Wee Herman, <laughs> and then I thought it was like the Carl, like a, his version of the Carlton. Yeah. I don't. I don't think you want to be doing the Pee Wee Herman no, dance anymore. But that was well, like, he's so young, he doesn't even know the Pee Wee Herman <laughs> dance. I he doesn't it, even know that. That's when I story. saw it at first, I was like, I don't know if he wants to be doing that. Then I realized that wasn't the dance. No, he was doing the it. backpack dance. It's whatever just, that is. It's just a ton of fun to to watch this team this year. The people didn't have the expectations, so now the expectations are getting raised. How do you think the team's going to handle it? We've talked. Yeah, about that'll be a good quarterback. Yeah, we'll see. But now. You know, the coach talked about it. they're going to have a bullseye on people are going to want to come in and make a statement against this team that everybody says is the best in the NFL. We'll right go now. back to leadership and you'll find out how good the team is. And then there will be adversity. There will be a two game losing streak at some point. And people say, well, it's, you're peaking at the right peaked at the wrong time. You don't win Super Bowls in October. And but there's Malcolm and there's Chris Long and there's uh, there's Fletcher Cox. And who else on defense Le- here? And there's LeGarrette uh, on offense. Uh, yeah, LeGarrette's not. Yeah, he's new to the team. I don't really. I mean, Carson. Everything flows through Carson and Tory is a is a leader and Jason Kelsey's a leader and Peters would have to, been. They're gonna have to pick up in his with Peters out and um so but but truly when somebody goes down, you have somebody else get an opportunity. Jake Elliott has stepped in and become this phenomenon in Philadelphia right. after Caleb Sturgis goes down. Caleb uh, Caleb is is a quality NFL kicker. Jake is like a folk hero at this point. He's got. He's never got to buy himself a drink ever again. In this well, he's family. not. He's he's only fifteen. Yeah, I mean, so he can't really. The, the <laughs> when you see him, he's the only video 15. of after he missed the kick, the first kick, and Jason Peters said, "Don't miss again." Yeah. He looks so scared. Yeah, at that it point. worked. Didn't yeah. it? I mean, look, yeah. I'd be scared if Jason Peters. How old you say you are? Five six. Yeah. Well, so is Jake. I'd be <laughs> just as, I'd be well. I've got lots of reasons. <laughs> to, you know, I can barely talk on the microphone, <laughs> so that's hard enough. But I'd be so scared if Jason Peters was like, "Don't miss again." I'd be like, "Yes, sir." Yeah, no he's a very so it'll be it'll, we'll find out about Doug. How does he coach front runners? Uh, how does he coach team that is expected to win every week? How does the team respond to that that front pressure? You know, you're not sneaking up on anybody anymore. So hey, that's a great problem to have. I'm I'm looking forward to it. A win on San, uh, over San Francisco would be huge. And then another, a third home game the following week against Denver. If the Eagles can somehow come out of this with two wins going into a bye week with Dallas on a, on a primetime game the following week, wow. It, wow. The city will be crazy. Yeah. You won't be able to contain And the city deserves on. it because it's, it's been a long time. Even when the Eagles were 9-3 and three with Chip, it was a bit of a mirage that year. And uh, it caught up to the Eagles, and ultimately very quickly it – it turned the other way, so it can it, it will turn the other way. Yeah, if this if this was Sam Bradford as quarterback and everything else was the same and the record was the same, I don't think there'd be this level of excitement. Yeah. Oh no, it's, yeah. that's what goes back. I think it's the quarterback. 
And let's just talk about what how he did to get that quarterback. I mean, I still can't believe what he traded. You know, I'm watching Have Miami seen, yeah. last night with Kiko playing, and they've cut Maxwell now. And you go back to how you got here, and it's just pretty amazing how we've gotten to this point. It's all worked out pretty darn well. I you got, know, you just hope it, it stays that way. I got he rolled the dice, and he won. Yeah, he won. It was, yeah. and they, but they look. I know. I for as long as I've been there, they value getting that quarterback and then building around. You know, going into the season, we didn't have a good feel for the running back situation, right? It was a terrible preseason. Couple, first couple games, they didn't run the ball well. And you go, oh, man, this team, boy, how can, where, why aren't they going to get this stud running back? Well, running back is the easiest position to fill on a team. Quarterback is by far the hardest. So once you have the quarterback, you just take his lead. And that is, I'm, I just, I sit back and I go, wow, what is going on around here? You definitely feel better going into a game when oh, you yeah. see Carson warming up on the field, and you're like, okay, he's gonna be out there. Okay, so the big question: uh, Are you ready for the rain on Sunday? <laughs> yeah, I'm not. Look, I'm. I, my role on Sunday is I'm on the sidelines the whole time, so I'm going to get drenched. You're um, gonna hide it, under I, Howard Eskin's fur coat? No, not only gonna wear fur that day. <laughs> I try to stay away. It'll from smell. Howard. Yeah, <laughs> I, I I remember the the, the snowball in 2014. Was it 2014 or 13, or whatever year it was. It was 13. And um, when Detroit came in, a snowstorm just kind of just rises up eight inches of snow. Oh, my gosh. Everybody's expecting this. It, it will hopefully miss game time. We don't know yet. There's so many different models going around. And if it rains, the Eagles have to adjust and play secure football and run the football 55 times and be powerful and find a way to win. You're not going to win for style points in that kind of game. But getting a win is so huge. To get to 7-1 and one yeah. with the Cowboys playing the Redskins, so one of those teams is going to fall game back. Um, I'm all about just banking the wins now, and then at the end of the season, that's when you start to peak. Absolutely. Well, we really appreciate you My coming pleasure. and joining us. Yeah. It's very enjoyable. So much. Thank uh, you, guys. Look for you on the sideline this week, and Thank hope you. you come back in again. I will. Thanks so much. Brett, we'll head to break. When we come back, we'll talk a little more about Philly sports. Are you looking for a lifeline? Verizon New Jersey Shares Communication Lifeline is a statewide nonprofit that provides assistance to individuals and families living in New Jersey, those who are in need of temporary help in paying their communication and energy bills. Want to know how to apply? All you need to do is call Verizon New Jersey Shares at 1-888-337-3339 or visit on the web at www.newjerseyshares.org. It's quick and easy to sign up, but remember, you must be a Verizon residential landline customer to apply for eligible programs. That's Verizon New Jersey Shares, keeping the lines of communication open for you and your family. Let me tell you, buying or selling a home is a life-changing decision. Whether you're looking for your first home or searching for your forever home, Ann Coons is the realtor you need. In fact, she helped my wife and I settle into our forever home. With over 30 years helping satisfied clients buy and sell homes in the Delaware Valley, Ann Coons will give you the professional and reliable service you deserve. When it's time to buy or sell a home in South Jersey or Philadelphia, contact Ann Coons, the only name you need to know in real estate. You can call Ann Coons today at 856-795-4709. Again, that's 856-795-4709. Or learn more on the web at www.annkoonsrealestate.com. 
Do you let other people order for you at a restaurant? He'll have the samol dionese. No, I won't. Or pick the movie you're going to see. Does she like a ticket to attack on Rage Mountain? Really? Yeah, come on. So why would you let others make all the important decisions about how your life is going to be when you get older? I mean, is it okay with you if your kids decide where you're going to live? My kids? Are you out? Are you kidding? Or perfect strangers choose who will be taking care of you? Not going to happen. No, uh uh-uh. Better visit longtermcare.gov, the trusted information site that helps you find your own path forward without selling you anything. It takes you step-by-step through everything you need to consider about aging and all your options. Longtermcare.gov. Stay in charge by planning now or pay later. How about a mohawk? How about a mohawk? How about I put my foot right... Oh, hi, honey. This is The Heart of Sports. I'm Jason Springer here with Jeff Cohen, who has now figured out how to take a picture so he can sit back down and do the rest of the show. I know how to do it with the iPhone, not with whatever goofy (laughs) app he is using, which he put on selfie mode, so I was basically taking a picture of myself. I wish that he had it sideways, too. I wish he didn't say something to you and you just took a picture of yourself and didn't realize it. Yeah, you're funny. That'd be kind of funny. All right, so let's get back to sports here for a second now that we're done. It's time for Jason to get angry. Okay, so... Bob McNair and the NFL yeah. owners. They're really not playing this very well, Jeff. They, um, so you, you, you go ahead. You take I'll, it away. I'll, I'll, you, sigh, you I'll sigh and I'll start because so, you'll start throwing things. You'll, Brett, you if start. I were you, I'd get away from the window. Yeah, you start. Uh, so so let, let me get this straight. The NFL and the NFLPA decide to get together and see if they can find a way to get off of this issue. And it looks like they're going to get to some level of detente and the players and the owners are going to find a way to deal with these social issues in a productive way. And then and then Bob McNair, owner of the Houston Texans, decides to say that the uh, prisoners, the inmates are running the prison. We can't can't let the inmates run the prison, prison. which which then uh, one player, I guess, wanted to walk out. One player did walk and, out, and and Troy Vinson, who's now with the NFL, was apparently taken aback. And I wonder why. Adam Schefter has been tweeting all during the show and right before the show about the fact that the Houston Texans whole team wanted to walk out, and D'Angelo Hopkins did not come today. You want to talk about a league that can't get out of their own way? I mean, seriously, this is. The guy's worth $3.3 billion, and he can't figure out how to say that he wants people to stand up correctly without insulting everybody. You don't have anybody that can write this in a press statement so you don't screw it up for everybody else? Well, the the problem is Bob McNair opened his mouth. Apparently, he's not able to say anything intelligent. Well, apparently, it's how he really feels because his statement came out. Yeah. And What do you mean his statement came out? he, He said it there. He made very clear. There was no filter. How he felt. Right. Those are your words. Okay. Well, sometimes you say your words. Yes. And sometimes you filter things so that you can try to find a productive solution. The whole NFL was ready to find a productive solution until Bob McNair decided to open his big mouth. And now we're going to have this situation again, and everybody better stop screaming at the players and the NFL. And if they want, they should all go to Houston and ask Bob McNair why he decided to open his big mouth and insult people. So they were all supposed to sit down again next week, the players, with Colin Kaepernick invited yes. with the league. Where is this going now? Who knows? It depends on who's speaking. 
So, <laughs> like, uh, one of I the mean, things... I mean, you got Jerry Jones saying, you all must stand. You got a player raising a fist. You got... Yeah, and you had... Play, and you had apparently have Dallas Cowboys that were ready to challenge him and basically say, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kneel just to show you you're not telling me what to do. Which is what the owners are doing. They are forcing the players into a position... Not all of the owners. But... But, but you, the you, people you, who are speaking for the owners, I, you actually well, have no, no. respect for Jeffrey Lord. Uh, well, I, I've had respect for Jeffrey. I, I don't always agree with the things he does. I, I was strongly against the whole Michael Vick thing. But but I've noticed through the years that Jeffrey Lurie is a thoughtful individual, that he is somebody who runs a franchise, a business and doesn't pop off, that everything that he says is thoughtful. It's intelligent. It is not meant in any way to divide. It's not. You may not agree with his opinion, but the way that he expresses his opinion is to is to give all sides respect and explain where he's coming from and where he thinks other people are coming from. And he appears to be the moderating voice in those rooms is what's coming out. And I respect that immensely. I think that Jeffrey Lurie has built himself an incredible organization, whether they've won a Super Bowl or not, he should be proud of the person that he is and the proud of the organization he's developing. The problem is, is are there enough people in the NFL like him in order to solve the problem? Because it looked like they were going to get there. It really did. It Look, people, whether you agree with Kraft's politics or not, he finds ways to find solutions to problems. People just don't like him because his team's good every year. Jerry Jones opened his mouth and says something stupid every week. And, and now you have Bob McNair, who most people thankfully don't hear from, and he decides to open his mouth and just blow up the room. If I were the owners, I'd try to make sure nobody hears from him again because he's not advocating their position well. This You could not have a – if you're the Houston – you know, we, we talk about, like, what teams we're going to pick – I would have picked this the Houston Texans this weekend, even though you even changed after, your pick to Seattle. I, I'm telling you right now, you could not have a bigger distraction. You have players that are not practicing because they despise what their owner. They says. had a 90 minute team meeting with their coach, who with told- with Romeo Cornell, the assistant coach, with the general manager, with with player representatives to air their grievances and still wanted to walk out. And still aren't going over the plays that they're going to run in the game on Sunday. Right. This is Friday. And Friday is this is when you this is when you put your plan into effect. Instead, they spent the whole day trying to figure out why their owner treats them like a garbage. And it's a self-inflicted wound. This wasn't yeah. necessary. It wasn't. Ne- There's nothing productive about what he said. There's nothing that works towards progress or a solution. Can you imagine what the room must have looked like when he said that? Like. He's kind of that's kind of like your, to a halt. that's kind of like your crazy uncle that says something really uncomfortable at dinner yeah. and everybody just goes oh like cringes yeah that's that well no no because in this case as you pointed out somebody left yes and and, and people on their side of the table actually actually went oh oh no no I can't believe our crazy uncle said this if you could possibly find something less productive to say let me know <laughs> I just you know what. I'm betting it comes from Jerry Jones. It could. Yeah. It completely. What do you mean it could? could. If you had, if your, if your money had to be on any owner to say something stupid this weekend, who's it going to be on? Oh, Jerry Jones. Bingo. 
All right. Uh, Hall of Famer, Jerry Jones. <laughs> let's leave that there and see how it progresses this weekend. I'm sure we'll be able to talk more about it next week. I'm pretty sure that Adam Schefter's probably tweeting right now something else happened. All right. Where yeah. do you want to go? You want to talk David Stern uh, and marijuana, or do you want to talk sure. Sixers? Take your pick. We got well, five we minutes left in the show, so take your pick well, on the Well, okay. Issues. So why don't, we, why don't we start with the Sixers? The Sixers. Okay. okay. We'll and save the, the marijuana for later. First, the good. Okay. okay. The Sixers are fun to watch. They are a fun team. Although every time Joel Embiid falls, I I get and you know worried. what? I'm getting past it. Are you? He, he falls he on every get, play. He says get over it. Well, he falls on every play. He's he seven does. foot or seven foot two, depending on which thing you read. He falls and he every falls, time. This tree falls down and it just bounces back up. <laughs> when he, <laughs> did, did you see when he fell on the Houston player at yes. the end of the game? Uh-huh. I, I thought he crushed James. You know, Harden. I'm only I'm <laughs> I I'm six four. If I fall down, it hurts. It's a long way to fall. I thought he when crushed you're seven James feet Harden. tall, he it, landed right on. I'm him. just so worried that he's going to get hurt. But you know. He's he's just he has bounced back up. You don't see him holding anything, you know, his ankle, his knee or anything like that. So I'm getting used to that. Okay. Ben Simmons is Good. everything they could have asked for and more, except he has no jump shot. Nope. Um the the bad though is is bad. And that there's two things. Now we have the mystery injury. We we have the mystery injury and we have Okafor who's not even in the rotation okay, let's anymore. Take but the let's go with Markel first. first. Okay. Yeah. How is it? That a professional team can handle medical injuries so poorly, More than so once. consistently. Yes. You Remember, sub- Joel Embiid was supposed to be day-to-day last January, yes. and he didn't play again And they got the torn apart by the fans because of it, but they still sold and out And they hired a new doctor right. to make sure that they had this right. And now... Colangelo comes out and says that he changes his shooting motion that caused a shoulder injury to which Fultz's trainer comes out and says, I don't know what Colangelo is talking about. He didn't change anything. How can and this then happen his a- again? And then his agent says that he had fluid drained from his body. But and now then he says the fluid drained into his body, put into his body. I, so it, no matter what it is, here's the deal. We have, I mean, I've looked at his tape, even though it was on a really bad college basketball team. Markel, the Markel Fultz that was drafted, that played last year, none of us in have Philadelphia seen have seen nope. any part of what he has, and and that's my biggest gripe with the Sixers is that they put Mark, a nineteen-year-old kid out there, who has all this promise, who's brought them all this money already, because if they hadn't gone up and gotten Markel Fultz as good as Embiid is and as good as Simmons is, there would not have been the hype around this. The way there was in the offseason. And and they brought this guy in, and instead of making sure he's right so that we he goes out there, the fans can just enjoy him and appreciate it. Now they have this guy who looks like he's either damaged goods or he looks like somebody that you just don't want. You hear all these people talking about, oh, my God, they should have just kept Jason Tatum. And the first pick, instead of bringing in Markel Fultz, and we don't know what Markel Fultz looks like. You and I both questioned in the preseason why they were playing him. It was yeah. visible. Mm-hmm. I mean, my shoulder hurt watching him try and shoot. Everybody knew that there was some injury, and yet they kept running him out there. Why? I'm not quite sure. I, I mean, that's it. There's, there's, you know, usually when somebody does something wrong, if you take a step back, you can find out what the logic was behind it. In this situation, there was none. There was none because if you're going to say that it was so that he could get assimilated to the team and they could get to know each other and B didn't play. So Simmons didn't play every game. So what was the point of all this? Is Colangelo's goal to be more disliked than Sam Hinkie was? 
I mean, the way uh, that it might they, get there. The way that they are so, I call it cloudy transparency. Mm -hmm. you, you know, oh, we're going to tell you it, and then it's like it's not true at all. It, it, I don't understand. Look, Durant hurt himself last year, and Golden State gave me a time frame, basically to the day of when he was going to go back. Right. Sixers players go down. And their injuries go from day, day to day, day to month to month right. to that, almost that, a year. That's the big concern. Is this another and as a situation? Fan, as a fan, how do I have confidence in what the team is telling me if this continues to happen? And the answer right now is you shouldn't. You and that, and that's what you don't want to have as a business organization, as a sports organization. You want well, your fans it, to have confidence a, in the things that you say. You're a paying patron. You have tickets. Right. I mean, how do you feel about the team not being straight with you? I'm as... frustrated. I'm going I'm going to my first game next week against Atlanta. I want to see Markel, but I want to see healthy Markel. And if and if he's not ready to play, then I don't want him out there. It's not helpful to him. It's not helpful to the team. It it does nothing. And by the way, you had him out there when you could have been getting other people experience. Kirk and Cork Corkmaz hasn't had to come in a game. Cabra, uh, well, Corkmaz is now with the '87ers. They did they, he go down? Yeah, they optioned him down. Okay. So at well, least he'll get a little playing TLC's time. TLC's there, and he's not getting any playing time. Stauskins hasn't gotten in a game yet, but I don't think anybody even notices. Well, and now you have Okafor, who's well, just sitting on a bench. Explain that to me. So they're going to now try and trade Okafor again by devaluing him by not even including him in the rotation. Well, that when Okafor is out <laughs> with foul trouble and Amir Johnson has foul trouble, Here he instead goes. of bringing your first round. Yeah. Draft pick in, you decided to pick in the Sarich at center. Yeah. I'm almost as tall as Sarich compared to these guys. Are you kidding me? I we spent know. a third pick in the draft on a guy that can't even make your rotation in the top nine. Are you serious? I have no idea what the point is of this. I I just for I'll the tell life you of whoever me, gets him if they trade for him, he's going to be fresh. For the life of me, I don't understand. I'm going to go need to breathe into a bag and calm down. So there's one other thing. We're running out of time. Yes, we are. Next week is election week, right? It or a is. Week and a, a week and a half, right? Yes. And what's the most important election in Philadelphia? Right? Well, you tell me. The name of the lacrosse team, right? That's right. Are you, how's the voting going? Uh, it's still going. My understanding is it goes for another couple weeks and then the announcement's in... Uh, in December. All right. Well, we'll keep that updated. For now, we're going to have to head off the air. Thank you, everybody, for joining us this week. Jeff will keep voting on his favorite name for the lacrosse And I'm team. really looking forward to seeing Okafor next week. And we'll be back next week. Make sure to join us next Friday night to help you start your weekend in style. Have a great one. We'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye.